0: It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law, featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus.
1: Hello. Welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney and a partner at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago, We are Christian attorneys who focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to maukbaker.com. that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call us at 312-726-1243. We all know that an organization cannot succeed if it suffers from poor leadership, but how can leaders be sure that they are doing well in shaping their organization's culture? I invite you to find out today as we discuss this with Brian J. Lewis, the author of Ways of the Relay Racers, a book that explores the calling of a leader. For 25 years, Brian has advised global Fortune 500 firms, NGOs, domestic public policy organizations, and faith-based companies alike on message, culture, and public identity. Brian, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Rich. Thanks for... uh for inviting me to be part
1: of this. Well, you and I have had this conversation about organizations' culture for over 25 years. And I must admit, in the early days, I had my doubts. But after 25 years of working with organizations and being involved in the good and the bad and the ugly, um, I have come to hear your message as more and more important. So let's get into this. what was the catalyst for you when you began to uh, write Ways of the Relay
2: Racers? Well, Rich, I think, I think the, the ideas that interest, interest us most are usually the ones that are become personal to us in some level. And uh, so for me, um, there were two catalysts. One, personally, was I was a part of some organizations that were a great blessing to me uh, that, that um that were healthy organizations uh, with healthy leaders that i learned a great deal from uh, conversely i've been a part of organizations that turn into uh, leadership train wrecks and i've seen how organizations that become dysfunctional in terms of leadership uh do a lot of damage uh they they sap energy they uh, cause idealists to lose their innocence um, so I became interested in this topic, uh, partly because I wanted to see what I could do to prevent train wrecks and to, uh, give organizations some tools to lay the groundwork for, uh, greater health professionally. And I've spent all these, uh, years, 25 or 30 years working with organizations who wanted to, uh, clarify and, and, strengthen their storytelling, and what I came to see was that every organization wants to tell a good story, especially about themselves, but that the stories that organizations tell have to be fundamentally aligned with the reality of the organization. Basically, the culture truth of an organization is always the story at the end of the day in terms of the people who touch that organization. So the real task in, in communications is not uh, inventing some sort of branding um, approach, but it's in part uh, identifying and shaping the culture truth in an organization so that what you say about yourself is actually who you are. So those were basically the two streams, the personal and the professional, that caused me to think more and more about uh, the integrity of cultures and the role of a leader in being a a culture shaper.
1: Well, in your book, you speak of cultural certainties and the choices that leaders must make when developing a culture-strong organization. Uh, Give me more on that.
2: I think the first thing I would say is that uh, there's a tremendous opportunity here for, for leaders. And it's an opportunity that I think that many of them don't see the opportunity to create healthy soil and the importance of the soil in terms of their legacy as a leader. So I I think that the first uh, challenge is always getting the attention of a leader, uh, that they make it a very high priority to be uh, an an active and intentional uh, shaper of their culture. I think this starts really with being a watcher of your organization interesting to me that some of the busiest people some of the strongest leaders uh, American presidents like Theodore Roosevelt or Jimmy Carter or great church leaders like uh, John Stott were also um, birders bird watchers they took the time and embraced the discipline of being um, uh, of watching watching for birds and uh, sitting silently and observing their environment I think that's a quality that that many good leaders have, that ability to watch their organization, note what they see, uh, focus on the reality of the, the habits that are in their organization, and then be intentional in trying to mold, um, mold the culture. In terms of cultural certainties, I think that um, leaders oftentimes make lists of values that they that they believe in and that they want to convey to their organization. And list-making uh, and the articulation of lists of values uh, has its uh, value. But I think that the the organizations that really thrive are ones that have real clarity about what comes first, what matters most in their organization. Um, and that's because values are oftentimes in conflict with each other. So, an organization says, you know, taking care of our clients is our first priority, but the same leaders might say, being a family-first organization is our first priority. Those values are in tension with each other. A church can say, we want to be a welcoming place for the walking wounded, but they also say, well, we want to create a safe and nurturing environment for, for our people. Sometimes there's tension between those two values. So one of the tasks for the leader is to try to define with crystal clarity what, the, what comes first, what matters most, what the cultural certainties are of the organization. And that's, that's a big part of, of creating um, stability and, uh, and creating uh, whatever soil is, is created.
1: You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the law firm of Malcolm Baker. Today, we have been speaking with author Brian J. Lewis, and we're talking about his book, uh, which is a book about the culture of organizations. It's called Ways of the Relay Racers. Uh, Brian, let me go on with these. So what do you see as the biggest challenges and choices that leaders face when setting out to develop a culture-strong organization?
2: You know, one of the ones that that I think is is, is an interesting one is that the more demanding you make your culture, meaning the higher you set the bar, whether in terms of performance or in terms of the uh, standards of character that you expect in an organization, the higher you set the bar, the more you're creating uh, uh, an excluding culture, meaning that some of the most persistent cultures that we see are the religious orders, which have existed for hundreds of years, and many of them have retained their essential identity across a very long arc of time. And part of the reason for that is that these orders have an essential clarity uh, about what they are to be about in terms of what comes first, what matters most, and then they, um, they have some barriers at, at, at the side, what I, what I call banks of the river, which are designed to um, retain the integrity of the water that's, that's flowing uh, through their organization. So I think that's one of the real challenges for a leader is to what extent to uh, uh, create a performance culture or uh, a certain way that is highly demanding Uh, expects a lot of people, and then the extent to which they um, uh, attempt to um, make the necessary decisions to sustain it.
1: You know, one of the questions that comes up, I I can think of a lot of corporations uh, out there today. We've got Google, or we have um, Tesla, or some of these other corporations, and and, uh, we could take a look at, or Apple would certainly be another one. but. Let me ask you this first. How does the Bible inform your thinking about these issues?
2: Well, you know, when we think about Scripture, obviously the Bible is the story of the shaping of a people. And, uh, you know, Jesus and the apostles were highly intentional about teaching and leading and sh- attempting to shape the, the culture of this, of this new thing called the church. But more broadly, you know, I think our faith story is the story of a baton being passed from generation to generation. So if any group in our society should have a competency in the realm of leadership succession and how to pass on from generation to generation, it should be the church. The the challenge is, though, you know, I I went to seminary uh, long ago, and um, really little attention is paid to uh, leadership development, or was paid to leadership development, leadership succession, conflict management, the core issues involved in in, um, developing a sustainable organization. So, I think it's an area where the church... Needs to get really good at leadership succession.
1: Coming up, we will talk further with Brian J. Lewis, author of Ways of the Relay Racers, about how leaders can make sure their organization's legacy remains on track. I'm Rich Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
0: In the wide, confusing world of law and lawyers, it's tough to find someone you can trust that shares your Christian values for legal advice and representation. You can trust Mauck and Baker, a Christian law firm based in Chicago that serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals with their legal matters. They seek to represent clients like you with integrity and care by using biblical principles as the foundation of their work. Additionally, their monthly newsletter highlights what's current in the religious liberty arena, keeping you informed on your right to worship, Whether That's on the street, in public school, or within the walls of your church. Subscribe to their newsletter at mauckbaker.com slash newsletter. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R dot com slash newsletter. If you have a legal need or question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact Mauk and Baker at 312-726-1243. Call and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. That's 312-726-1243. Forty-three.
1: Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney with the firm of Malkin Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to malkbaker.com forward slash radio. Today, we have been speaking with Brian J. Lewis, author of Ways of the Relay Racers, and we've been talking about the cultures of organizations and how you shape them, either for good or for bad. Uh, When we were finished with our last segment, we were talking about how the Bible informs our thinking about these issues. And Brian, you had mentioned that uh, within that, even the church is an important factor uh, and should be the best of the baton relay racers. And that really has something to do with your title, doesn't it? Ways of the Relay Racers and Passing the Baton. So why don't we pick up where we were left off there with regard to passing the baton and give us a little bit of insight, not only on the positives, but on preventing and overcoming leadership dysfunction. Uh, You certainly mentioned this and certainly I've uh, experienced and represent many organizations that are in leadership dysfunction. How should we respond when we find ourselves in such an organization?
2: I think the first thing that's really important is to um, not put to what I call put truth under quarantine or engage in a willing amnesia about what you are seeing. I think it's important to uh, push past denial and to uh, really acknowledge uh, that there are uh, that there's a fire that is starting, because that's really the way to prevent a fire from getting out of hand and and really being destructive in our organization. So I think it's important to, um, again, uh, move towards the truth in terms of uh, recognizing um, uh, dysfunction when it is emerging. I think that we expect that dysfunctional organizations will only come from bad leaders, but in fact, I think that there are many contributing causes. I think that um, organizations are shaped by their habits, and so sometimes organizations lose their way slowly as their habits degrade. And so um, it, it, it kind of is a, a stealth decline where uh, leaders begin to lose their way because they allow bad habits to grow and fester in, in an organization. I also think that success is sometimes the cause of uh, leadership dysfunction, because um, uh, success makes leaders distracted. Uh, It can cause them to not be focused on developing and nurturing and watching their culture. Uh, There's also a sense in which star leaders become idealized. They become uh, kings on an island and that's uh, always an unhealthy trait in an organization. I think we have a, in Scripture a model of um, of collegiality and co- collaboration, just in the in the way in which Jesus called a, a, a group of twelve uh, to be by by his side. So I think that's a, that's very important: is to um, pursue collegiality. And the last thing I would say in terms of uh, how organizations lose their way, become dysfunctional. So sometimes they misread the time that they're in. They, they don't know what time it is, or they don't have any truth-tellers on the senior leadership team who are um, calling out the time and saying what the moment is for the organization. So I think uh, everyone, needs to be, everyone in leadership needs to be called to courage in their organization to, to try to uh, call out the time as, as they see it.
1: So, uh, asking this on a very personal level, I've sat on many boards, you have too, where you begin to see dysfunction set in. How do you call out, in, in a, in a um, constructive way, how do you call out what's really beginning to happen?
2: Right. Well, you know, I think certainly if you're talking about in a church context, we... I, I, were... I am
1: in many ways right.
2: Yes, we're really wired to expect the best of each other, and that's not that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. We need to uh, exhibit grace. We need to expect the best of each other. the 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 thing that is the other part of it, though, is that it, it's it's unwise to idealize leaders. Um, but more specifically, your question, you know, I think that all anyone who's in leadership needs to try to understand, get their mind around uh, conflict. Because if you're going if you're a change agent, if you're the type of leader that is a change agent, you're you're attempting to push through to something new. And there's oftentimes going to be pushback because change is you know, it's very significant in an organization. So people who are in leadership need to kind of Go through conflict management 101. They need to think of conflict before they arrive at it, and they need to be sober about it and understand that in in whether conflict is handled well or conflict is handled poorly, that the stakes are high at moments of conflict. I I think that in the church, we become more bothered by conflict. It it it, it hurts us to be involved in conflict. And yet I think it's a it's a normalized part of any organization is that some people are pushing for certain things to happen, and, and there needs to be a robust dialogue about the wisdom of various courses of action. So I guess, Rich, I would say, it's a habit we need to learn.
1: You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of Malkin Baker, and we're talking with Brian J. Lewis about his book, Ways of the Relay Racers. Brian, you're touching my heart here when you're talking about uh, sitting on boards and the need for a, really a vigorous dialogue um, and truth-telling and being uh, expectant that conflict is something that is natural. I I, I think the way that I try to explain it sometimes on, on boards is you cannot be a yes person uh just per se um in the church oftentimes we have this we do idolize our leaders and we um have this respect for authority um because of their position and their calling from god but i think that even more calls us as uh, fellow leaders to really call out our leaders when we see things that are a problem and so often that doesn't happen so i couldn't agree with you more when you're talking about that um how does a biblically based organization lose its way?
2: A biblically based organization is led by by people, <laughs> and so people lose their way. So um, this is so not... they lose
1: their biblical basis. You're saying, <laughs>
2: okay? I, you know, I, I would I would say that the rules that apply to all organizations certainly apply to the church. So. Uh, you know, biblically-based organizations lose their way by being over-deferential to leaders. They lose their way by not focusing on what matters most. They lose their way by being inattentive to the to the supremely important act of nurturing their culture. I, years ago, I, I was uh, friends with a Mennonite farmer, and I was going to build a garden, create a garden, my wife and I. And I was talking to him about the about the seeds that I was going to put in the ground, and he, he kept asking me about the soil, questions about the soil. And he leaned over to me and he said, Brian, you know, it's it's all about the soil. And I think in Krishna in organizations, we're really focused on planting seeds. But ultimately, the course of an organization will be shaped by the character of its soil. How healthy is its soil? And so... A leader has to really pay attention to the soil, and Krishna organizations become distracted just like secular organizations.
1: So, by soil, you're really talking, in many ways, about the culture, how we live with one another uh, in the organization, how we treat each other in the organization. Yes, and, um, th- those kind of matters. Now, for those of you who are listeners who want to go out and pick up this book, the book actually goes into a great deal more of detail about the soil and Brian's experiences with that farmer. So I'd highly recommend you pick up the book. We don't have time to go into it. I only probably have one last question for you, Brian. How can a company or a church leader make sure their legacy and the intent of an organization lives on after they step down?
2: Yes, well, you know, the, when you think about the the idea of, of a, a relay racer, a relay racer is is passing forward a baton they they hand off something and so one of the most important decisions that a leader can make is the content of the baton that he wants to be passed forward it needs to be chiseled it's not going to be lots and lots of things it's going to be some very specific things so individuals focus on their legacy from the standpoint of handing over institutions or handing over resources but intrinsic to passing forward an organization is a a chiseled and fully clarified baton that holds the priorities and an organization's sense of what comes first you know the Franciscans knew what the baton was that they wanted to pass on from generation to generation military leaders at the United States Military Academy, they know what they want to pass on from officer to officer.
1: Well, Brian, I'd like to pass on this book to our listeners. How can our listeners get a hold of your book, Ways of the Relay Racers?
2: Uh, Just go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com and you can order it directly from there.
1: Thank you so much for speaking with us today. As always, it's always a pleasure to have you on the air. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at malkbaker.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Rich Baker, attorney with the law firm of Malkin Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio
2: have to serve somebody yes indeed you're gonna have to serve somebody